Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This war needs to be ended this year with Ukrainian victory. And because this war is one of the major disruptions of the global economic stability, it's also for the sake of people in Canada, in U.S., in Europe and other countries that Ukraine won the war. Yulia Kovalev, the uh, Ukrainian ambassador to Canada on this program, first week of... uh 2023, talking about Ukraine winning the war, and that's been the objective, and it certainly is the objective of the people in Ukraine. They have every intention of winning the war. And we, uh, when we spoke with General Rick Hillier, the former chief of defense staff for this country, was it last weekend? I think it was last weekend. And uh, General Hillier said, look, uh, when it comes to the Ukrainian army, the Ukrainian military, they're the second largest in Europe, right after the Russians. So they have every uh, opportunity, if they get the weapons they require, to uh, push the Russians back to the, to the border that they, well, back to the pre-2014 border, not just last February 24th, but back to 2014. So a lot of changes have been taking place, as you know, over the last week. Ukraine is now going to be getting the Leopard 2 battle tanks, several, I think 14 from Germany, but Germany's also signed off on other countries that bought the Leopards from them to transfer them to Ukraine if they so desire. Canada has said we'll send four. Um, Yeah, and there's also talk. I understand talks are underway about uh, missile systems for Ukraine and fighter planes to provide uh, air cover for the tanks. So 2023 could be a very different look on the battlefield in, uh, in Ukraine. And we know the Russians have not been doing well, they've been doing pretty poorly. The, the Ukrainian military has been pushing them around. So what the Russians have been doing in, in reply is, of course, to fire missiles at civilians. Tells you all you need to know about uh, Adolf Putin, doesn't it? Ambassador Alexander Sherba joins us, former Ukraine ambassador to Austria and member of the Ukraine diplomatic mission to the United States. He's the author of Ukraine versus Darkness. Uh, ambassador, how are you today? I'm very good, Roy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you with us. And I hope that 2023 turns out to be the year that your military, with the uh, with the materials that have been sent uh, from uh, the West and are going to be sent to the West, uh, to, from, from the West, will be able to push the Russians back to their border. Are you hopeful that can be done this year? Absolutely. Very hopeful. Uh, I can't say that I'm uh, certain 100% because... Uh, Putin is not uh, sitting on his uh, hands either. Uh, so we have uh, an enormous uh, army, you know, uh, on the other side uh, forming. But other than that, you know, uh, Russian army isn't a um, uh, pumpkin that can turn into uh, a golden carriage uh, overnight. Uh, it, all it can do just getting bigger and bigger. But in the end, it's just a pump, pumpkin. We are not really um, as afraid uh, of them as we were in the beginning of this war. And, of course, the fact that we are receiving these modern tanks, that we will receive these modern tanks, that it looks more and more likely that uh, fighter jets will be coming from the West, uh, it just gives us uh, more certainty, of course. So is it your understanding that the fighter jets will be handed to the Ukrainian military and your pilots will fly them, or will they be flown by by NATO pilots? Because that would change the whole situation. 
Well, uh, the uh, news today was that uh, Ukrainian pilots are already already uh, being trained uh, for you know flying uh, F-16 um, fighter jets. So it will be it will be it's my understanding it will be Ukrainian pilots and uh, they will be as skilled and uh, as, as successful as uh, other Ukrainian soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling a friend yesterday that. Uh, if the announcement is made that the fighter planes will be handed to Ukraine or may be handed to Ukraine, I said, if that, that announcement is made, that means the training's been taking place for months already. They're not going to make that announcement unless you already have a significant number of pilots that are trained on the F-16. Um, what's the greatest challenge of dealing with the Russians? I mean, you, were, you grew up in the, in the Soviet Union. Uh, what's the greatest challenge of dealing with the Russians and dealing with that maniac in the Kremlin? Oh, the greatest challenge is uh, that uh, we all grew up in the Soviet Union on uh, basically dreaming to uh, be like the heroes of the World War II who, who, who broke Hitler's neck. You know, I as a child, as a boy, I dreamt that it, there would be a war and... Uh, uh, I would uh, die heroically and someone would uh, make a movie about me and everybody in the movie theater will cry about that. They will cry watching. Um, so it's just childish, you know, but, and I grew up and I, and reality changed and I dreamt of other things, of course, but I'm looking at these Russian men who are heading towards to front to the front. It, and it feels like they got stuck in this late 1980s, uh, 90s. They were told that uh, it's some kind of, you know, neo-Nazis uh, they are facing and they have to give their lives uh, for uh, their uh, country. And many of them just do without, you know, really thinking it through. And what's even more surprising and insane, that many Ukrainian, uh, many Russian mothers send their sons enthusiastically uh, just based on, you know, this idea that uh, uh, dying a heroical death and they think it's a heroical death to, to die fighting Ukraine um, is the best thing that can happen to them. Plus, of course, there are, uh, there are some, you know, uh, financial benefits they will receive. It's a very insane, crazy in many ways, inhumane situation, inhumane thinking. And unfortunately, you know, Russia fell into this rabbit's hole, and it's crazy to see it. Yeah, and we know what the Russian military has done, as far as war crimes are concerned, uh, to the Ukrainian civ civilian population in, in cities that they and areas they controlled. Yeah. Once they lost and control. They, and they, they say those were Nazis. They, they look at us. Uh, uh, the people with the same person last names, uh, people who have Russian books on their book shelters, and they say, those are Nazis, we are allowed to kill them, rape them, uh, uh, you know, uh, loot their homes. It's, it's, it's insane. It is insane. Those battle tanks, now I've heard a number that up to 200, eventually, will be in Ukraine. How much of a difference to your military will those tanks make? And I just go back to February 24th of last year when the invasion began and so many knowledgeable people said, well, Ukraine will hold out for maybe 72 hours and then they'll lose Kiev and it'll be over. Here we are beginning, well, we're in the second calendar year and about to begin the second actual 
year of war. How much of a difference are those tanks going to make in the overall equation? Well, uh, having the tanks uh, is having the possibility to push uh, Russians back and uh, to liberate our country, to go in the offensive, so to say. So we have what it takes to be successful in defensive. We have what it takes to uh, uh, make uh, very successful advances uh, using the factor of surprise, like we did uh, in September last year, or uh, using um, just the situation that was uh, uh, going our way, like we did in Kherson, just because we we managed to uh, uh, blow up that uh, Crimean Crimea bridge and uh, blow up all, all the you know uh, supply lines of the Russian army, and they had no other way but uh, just just to withdraw from Kherson. But right now, uh, it will be. They will be prepared. Russians will be prepared and very well prepared. And uh, the fact of surprise, maybe it will, will play a role, but not such a role as it was in September. So it will be a bigger battle, a bloodier battle, a battle where we need uh, more manpower, uh, which which uh, which 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 we have, and more people are heading, uh, enlisting with army, and uh, things like uh, these modern tanks, because. This is what you need to uh, when 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 you, when you go ahead and not not just uh, hold your ground. And we hear that uh, these tanks. Someone even leaked uh, the number uh, that eventually it will be uh, 360 uh, tanks. All over, at, at least this is what what countries pledged altogether to give to Ukraine. That at some point during. Um, uh, May, June, uh, we will we will have these tanks, but we have we have to fight this war right now. And uh, uh, quite frankly, Ukraine expects this uh, offensive uh, uh, somewhere during uh, March, April. And um, this is uh, th the question is whether we can do it uh, uh, when whether we can wait till May or not. Uh, I hope that. Uh, we have enough uh, uh, brains and uh, uh, manpower and uh, and and uh, uh, military equipment uh, to surprise Russians again and uh, to 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 do to strike where they don't expect. Uh, but again, just right now, it's uh, as they say in chess, Zugzwang. So everybody is just uh, locked uh, in these kinds of situation right now and bogged down both Russia and Ukraine. I hope uh, the situation will change in our favor very soon. Yeah. And people of Ukraine, as you've so said to us in the past, the people of Ukraine are committed to this, to this fight uh, to, to the end because you're defending your land, you're defending your country, you're defending your homes, you're defending your people. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's an entirely different equation. And we remember the Russians in Afghanistan in the early uh, 1980s, mid-1980s. They did not fare as well as they thought they would, and they were chased out of Afghanistan by the Mujahideen. So the Russians do not have the Superman status that they like to think they have. Let me ask you about Canada, Ambassador. What is, uh, what's the response, what's the sense about the contributions Canada has made to Ukraine? Well, you give me a chance to do what I... What I should have done, first of all, I should have thanked uh, the West in general and Canada in particular uh, for uh, the help that is provided. We know that uh, uh, this help is paid by uh, your taxes and we 
do appreciate it. But also the voices and the, uh, the voices of support on social media everywhere. And uh, of course, you know, uh, giving help to Ukrainian refugees all over the world is also very, very much appreciated. Uh, I know uh, Canada is uh, uh, second largest uh, country territorially. Uh, and uh, for Ukrainians, it's a very, very special country, of course, because so many Ukrainian um, Canadian, Ukrainians uh, live there, ethnic Ukrainians. But uh, I understand that uh, the population uh, can't be compared to the United States. So we don't expect that level of uh, um, military uh, support that uh, we are receiving from there, from Canada. Uh, but still, four tanks is four tanks, and uh, it's it's important, and it's not the only thing that is being provided. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And we have the uh, armored personnel carriers, and there's that $400 million missile system that this country is purchasing from yeah. the United States, right? Now, speaking of the United States, some politicians on the conservative side of the spectrum from the Republican Party have been arguing against continuing to supply Ukraine with arms unless there is a proper accounting of where all the equipment goes. How, how much concern is there in Ukraine about that uh, attitude by some of the politicians in the American Congress? Well, I think uh, we have nothing to hide. Quite frankly, when uh, we discuss this here in Ukraine, I, I kept saying, let them come and see. and. The biggest proof that uh, we are using uh, these weapons and the help provided accordingly is uh, the uh, beating uh, of Russians on the uh, you know uh, battlefield. So um, and today uh, I, I read in the news that the a group of uh, American auditors uh, visited Kiev. Uh, they uh, met with. Uh, uh, representatives of Ukrainian government. Uh, so uh, I think it's a very natural and normal and uh, good thing. Uh, of course, when I listen to uh, what uh, Tucker Carlson had says to say or Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene, it just uh, it horrifies me just uh, how how evil people can be, you know, when just not feeling the pain of, of a country that was attacked in most brutal manner and just talking about money, 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 you know. Um, I understand that the money is significant and huge, but the cost of Ukraine failing would be uh, so much more significant. And the um, proof that Ukraine is uh, using uh, the money uh, and the help provided accordingly is there. So uh, it's just, it's very, very sad, but thank God that the absolute majority of the Republican Party are uh, with Ukraine and supporting Ukraine, and we are, we are thankful for that. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. 
Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.